0: Book of Joshua. And we'll start out in chapter four and then look at the story in a little bit more detail in the previous chapters. But will you join me in prayer this morning? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this time to be together. We thank you, Lord, for just your grace your faithfulness to to make a place here called reverence bible church um, where you could just work so mightily in each and every one of our hearts in our lives that you could shine so brightly through us that through this this church here in mission viejo southern california lord that you could use us to exalt yourself, and you do it um, with joy. When we look at all that's taken place here over the last 10 years, Lord, we, we, we don't say this because we're supposed to say it. We, we say it because it's true. Lord, you get all the glory. You, you get all the glory. From beginning to end, Lord, you're the one who has been the center of this church, the head of this church. You're the one who works through Sunday school teachers and works through greeters and works through different teachers or those that are serving, Lord, in in myriads of different ways. Lord, you're the one that works and you're the one that works through the preaching of your word each and every morning. We, we depend upon you, God. And when you're exalted, Lord, we give you the glory. I pray, Lord, through our time in your word this morning and our time in communion this morning that, that you would just um, work in incredible ways, Lord, in our hearts and cause us to be overflowing with thankfulness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I get my phone. This morning, I, I don't have a watch, and so I need to know the time for your sake. Um, and so Pastor Bill has time to lead us in communion, so thank you. Joshua chapter 4. And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them saying, take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. And then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God, in the midst of the Jordan, to each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask you in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. Of the Lord, when they crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan. And as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, they carried them over with them to the place where they launched. And laid them down there. And then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood still. And they are there to this day. The Lord called Joshua to have these men of the 12 tribes of Israel take these stones. And to take the stones and to set them up there. And he tells them, the reason why I want you to do this is so that later on, when the kids, when the children come, and they say, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. And the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones are to be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Forever. You're to have this so that they would remember. We're, we're here this morning and we're celebrating 10 years of what the Lord has been doing here. 10 years of, of God just working in just incredible ways through our church. I think it's good for us to be here this morning to look and, and to say, what are some of the memorial stones that are here this morning? What are some of the things that the Lord has done in our church and in your lives? And what is it that he has done to bring us to a place where we come to say that there's nothing that's too hard for him? If he's so good to do all that he does, he has a plan in everything that he is accomplishing. Things don't happen by chance, but according to his goodwill, according to his good pleasure, things take place. Memorial stones where we look and, and he says, set this up so that your kids will look and they'll say, how did this happen? Why is this here? And you're able to come and say, like, behold your God, look at what he has done. Look, look, look at what he did. And so we're here this morning. Recounting on his faithfulness if if you look with me just for a moment at the very beginning of the book of Joshua to chapter one, it says there in the first six verses, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead now, therefore arise and go over this Jordan you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you, Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And so God says, this is what you're going to do, Joshua. Moses is dead, now you're here and this is what you're going to do. And he specifically says, arise and go over this Jordan. Arise, you're going to go over the Jordan. And calls him towards this. We come to to chapter 3. They're at the beginning of chapter 3, and it says, Then Joshua arose early in the morning, and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. And so they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that you may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. And so Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore take For yourselves, twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand as a heap. And so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the Sea of Ereba, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Now let's, let's break this down and look at what happened here. This is an amazing account of what God has done. It's amazing what he's done. Here you have God's people and Moses has died and now God's saying, Joshua, you're going to come because I'm a, a, a covenant keeper. I keep my covenants to my people. I keep my covenants to those who have gone before you. And so I'm going to take you to the promised land. So I want you to go and you're going to cross over the Jordan and you're going to go and I'm going to protect you and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do everything that that you need. I'll be everything that you need as far as the one who will keep the covenant that I've made to you. And so he gives them clear instructions. Here's what you're going to do. And You picture what's taking place here, you have you have millions of people. You have all the people who are there, you have you have the 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 Ark of the Covenant there, the priests that are carrying it, you have all the animals, you have husbands, wives, children, single people, luggage, all the livestock. And you're there, and you are walking, and Joshua's saying, like, follow me. This is what God has said. And you come to the river, this river Jordan, that its banks are just over, overflowing. And I read in one place that it would have been possibly even like a mile wide at that particular time. And so you're looking at this river, and it's just flowing. It's flowing hard. And, and you're looking and saying, we gotta, we're going we're to cross over the Jordan. And God's people come, and they're there, and for three days... They sit there and they just look at the Jordan. For three days, they're sitting there at the bank of the Jordan, just looking at this river. And as far as they can see, it's just this 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 water, and it's flowing. And you have your kids, and you have your luggage, you have your animals, you have everybody, your wives. You're looking and you're saying, "Like we're crossing through the Jordan." There's a lot that's going on in this passage because, and we only have time to just scratch the surface of it, but. Think of the Jordan, Jordan River, even within the name of the river. um, It comes from a word that jor meaning spread and dan, which means judgment, judgment of God. So you have the judgment of God coming, coming down this river, spread through, coming down, the judgment of God. It symbolized death to them. You come in and it's, psh, you're wiped out. And God says, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to take the Ark of the Covenant. You picture this ark and this ark is precious. The ark represents that which is there in the Holy of Holies and it just represents God with them. They go there and they go and the high priest goes in and and, and sees this this ark and there on the ark is this mercy seat and it's just splattered with blood as the sacrifices have been made and, and, and it's made of gold and it's just beautiful but it is there and within the ark is the law that's been placed there, the Ark of the Covenant, the covenant of God, the law that's been made as far as do these things. So they have this there, and there's this Ark, and it's precious. But this Ark represents God with them. This Ark represents Christ. You picture that mercy seat that's there, and it's covered with the blood. As they would take that that animal without spot or blemish and sprinkle that, that blood there upon the mercy seat, it is just an absolute incredible picture of Christ there for the people. And so God says to them, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take that ark and take it. And you're going to go when I tell you to go. With the commandment of of me, you're going to go and you're going to take that. And when the high priest puts their feet in the water, it's going to stop up completely. It's going to dry up completely. So you have the people watching and they're seeing this take place. And the people are supposed to say, I think 3,000 or so yards away from what's taking place. So you have all of the people that are there, probably in this big horseshoe, just looking on at all that's taking place. They're all watching. They have to stay this distance away. And the reason why is because, well, I think it's for several reasons. One is God wants all of them to see what's taking place. But he also wants them to see that there is coming a day in which Christ would come. And he's going to do a work of redemption. And he's going to do it alone. You remember in John 13, where Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answers and says, Where where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I'll lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus answered him saying, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. And so there's all these people that are watching and there's this picture of Christ and this picture of redemption that's taking place. There's this picture of the Ark of the Covenant going into the midst of the Jordan, the midst of God's judgment coming upon them. And he says, I want you to stay far away and I want you to watch what's taking place because there's going to come a time where Christ... The one who is the Ark of the Covenant, the one whose blood has been spilled upon that mercy seat for us once and for all, in which he will come and he'll be there to take the judgment of God upon himself for us. And I want you to look on from a distance because nobody else can go. Nobody else can do this. Nobody else has the ability to do this. So just watch on from a distance. Because if you were to try to go in by yourself, you will be taken away, you will be killed. Peter, why can't I go with you? Because before that rooster crows, you'll deny me three times because you, you're faithless. You're a covenant breaker. You have no ability to redeem yourself. You and I have no ability to redeem ourselves. We're in desperate need of a savior. And so all of this is a picture of that to come. And so you see this, the Ark of the Covenant, and then they, they go and they, they step into the water and it dries up and everybody sees it dry up. Whatever water was there quickly goes down and it dries up and it tells us specifically that the water dries up at the city of Adam. That's where it stopped. The city of Adam. And you look at this and you just picture who, who fell in the garden? Adam. Adam fell in the garden. He sinned. He was a covenant breaker. Through Adam, all of us have sinned. We inherit that through his federal headship. We inherit that sinful nature to where there's none that are righteous, no, not one. And so you look, and it could have stopped anywhere. It could have stopped right there, and it doesn't stop right there. It stops at Adam, the city of Adam. I don't think any of these things are coincidences. I think this is all the result of the sovereign head of God saying, I'm going to teach you something as far as what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Jordan, The wrath of God, the judgment of God, that's going to be spread. I'm going to take it and I'm going to stop it right there at Adam. And the ark's going to come and it will be there in the midst of it. And the only reason why the judgment has stopped is because the ark has come into the Jordan. And so that wrath that would have been upon Adam and all of his descendants is stopped at Adam. Adam. Just as long as that ark is there in the midst of the Jordan, God, God's judgment has stopped. And God just says, I want you at that point to walk through. And you stay there in the midst of it. You stay there right there in the midst of the river with the ark so that my people, the men, the women, the kids, all of it can just walk through the Jordan on dry land. What an awesome scene this must have been. I mean, the water just being gone. It's not like oh, we're slipping and it's muddy. It's just dry. It's, everything's dry. And not only that, but someplace up there in the city of Adam, there's just this water building up and building up. I mean, you picture the Red Sea and what that must have been like as far as this wall of water on both sides. And now you're looking and there up in the city of Adam, it's just this wall of water as this mile-wide river is just stopped and the water just stops there. And it's all dry and God just ain't because I want to show you that I am a God who keeps my covenants to my people I want you to take stones take take a bunch of stones the water's not going to come down I want you to take the stones right now and you're going to set up these mortals and I want you to take these 12 stones and take 12 of them and set them outside of the river and, and, and put them there put them all there so that later on when your kids come and they, they look at it you're able to say God stopped the Jordan up at Adam and the Ark of the Covenant was there and the high priest stepped in the ground and when they stepped in the water, it just dried up and this is what has happened and this is who our God is and this is how faithful he is. And it tells us that that place continued. If you're questioning whether or not This truly is a picture of Christ stopping the judgment of God. Think of Jesus being there and coming down to the Jordan. He comes down to the Jordan and as he comes down to the Jordan, he is, finds John the Baptist there baptizing we're told that John the Baptist baptized at Bethabara beyond the Jordan. And he sees Jesus coming. He says, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he coming after me, who's preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The word Bethabara means the crossing. It is that picture in which Jesus is coming down to the crossing. Bethabara, there in the Jordan. Why would they name it the crossing? Because this is the place in which they crossed the Jordan. And here you picture the Ark of the Covenant there, at one point, stopping the judgment of God upon the people from Adam all the way down. And now there is Christ whose sandal strap, John the Baptist, is not worthy to unstrap. He is there in the midst of the Jordan being baptized. The Holy Spirit comes upon him and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The ark there, the ark of the covenant, gold, precious, mercy seat, the law that is within it. And then we see Christ's precious, perfect Like gold, the mercy seat that is there, his blood that has been shed upon it, the fulfillment of all of the law, there in Christ, fulfilled completely. And so he's there. We're told that at that particular time, at his baptism, the Pharisees and the Sadducees come. And they say, He says to them, Don't think within yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God's able these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Don't say to yourself, We have Abraham as our father. God is able to make these stones become children of Abraham. What stones do you think he was pointing at? Just the typical rocks that are on the ground, maybe. But more than likely, he's pointing to that monument that's there. Look at these stones. You see these stones? He can make those rise up into children of Abraham. We see a God who has been working to bring about a Savior and having everything pointing towards that Savior. There's a reason for everything. There's a reason for everything that was placed in the ark. There's a reason why the high priests were the ones that would carry it. There's a reason why they stepped in the Jordan and it was so cut off up at Adam. There's a reason that it was called that. There's a reason why that city was named Adam. There's a reason why that area is called the crossing and there's a reason in which John the Baptist was baptizing there. There's a reason in which those stones were there and there's a reason in which the Holy Spirit came down and descended upon him and the Father said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That is our savior. That is our lord. That is our covenant keeper. That is the one who tells us, I will build my church. I will build them. I'll build it. I'll be faithful. I'll accomplish my purposes. I'll give people. I'll equip them. I will enable the preaching to take place. I will enable the kids to be ministered to. I will enable you to shine as lights. I will give you hearts to serve. I will give you hearts to minister. You pray to me and I will answer your prayers. Call upon me. I'll give you wisdom. And we see a God who just works and nothing happens by chance. Nothing. The name of the city, Adam. The name of the river. The way that the ark was made. The fact that it's stopped up. All of it, none of it came by chance, nor is it that you're here this morning. It is not by chance. It's for his glory. It's for your good. There's a reason in which these things take place and such as that you would know your Savior, the faithful one, the faithful one in whom he would be our mediator. He would be the one that would stop judgment for us. He would be the one that would make us so we could pass through to the promised land. He is the one that just pours his kindness upon us and causes this place to shine brightly for his glory. And so, 10 years later, who is it that we worship? The same God that said, Set up these memorial stones. I want people to remember what I did. I want people to remember it. I want their kids to remember it. I want them to see that I am the almighty God of this universe. Who has a plan to redeem a people for myself. He wants us to be able to look back and see that was Christ. It was Christ. He is our Savior. He is our God. Just as that ark went through the Jordan as they were being carried by the priest, so Jesus would be our Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He would be with us. He would be the one that would take that judgment upon himself so that we could pass through untouched into everlasting life, all by grace, all by the work of his doing, all for his glory, and our good. That's Our Savior. I look 10 years later, and brothers and sisters, he gets all the glory. Amen. We love the gospel, don't we? Our sins placed upon Christ. His blood shed for us so that we could have forgiveness of sins. So that we could approach the throne boldly. Because the blood has been spilled on that mercy seed and the perfect lamb of God has come to take away the sins of the world. I love that this thing that takes place takes place right before Passover. I love that they get through this and they celebrate Passover. All of it was pointing to the lamb of God that would be slain. And God saying, and when I see the blood, I'll pass over them. All of us are the result of being saved by the precious blood of Christ, not of works, so that none of us would boast. It's all by faith alone. That's our Savior. That's our God. That is the one who is faithful, and we give him all the glory this morning. Praise God for our salvation. Praise God for our King. Praise God for his word that just makes it so it's, we know that we know that we know. That he is the true and living God and he has come to save his people. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord God, we thank you that you have done this incredible work to save us, your people. I pray that 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 there would be these memorial stones that are there within our hearts where we just are looking back to these things that took place in Scripture and these things that have taken place throughout the history of of redemptive history that these things that have taken place at reverence Bible church and we would go and say to the kids, this is what God has done. This is how God built the church. This is how God brought us here. This is how God brought us to salvation. This is what God has done in our lives so that we as your people would just praise you and give you all the glory. And so our kids would hear the things that we say and just say, who is, And all the earth is there by which we could be saved besides Christ our Lord. There's none besides him. And I pray that just as your people went through the Red Sea and followed with worship, just as your people went through the Jordan it was followed by worship, May we who have spent the last 10 years serving you and being ministered to by you through Reverence Bible Church come to a place of just worshiping you this morning. And as we partake in communion this morning, may it be a time for us to just remember the faithfulness of our God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.